0: You have your Bibles with you this evening. If you will open them to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. Matthew 16. We'll be focusing on one verse this evening, which will be verse 24. But I want to look at this particular section of Matthew 16, 24, through 27. Follow along with me as I'll be reading from the New King James here in Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross And follow me. For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Surely I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Just a very simple title this evening, but application for us to take with us to our homes this evening, to our work to the workplace, to the schools, wherever we might be in the next coming days. It's a very simple statement. Let me see your identification. Let me see your identification. Well, Miss Gale and I, we're not gonna, we'll not bore you with the 18 days of vacation. Uh, My stepson and his wife treated us with a paid trip to England and Ireland and Wales. It was a wonderful trip, but uh, as older people, uh, it takes a lot longer to recover. Amen? So we're in that period of recovery, but it was a wonderful trip. Many of you that have traveled overseas that... They have required identification. You must have that passport. We were involved in trying to get global entry, which would speed up the coming back into customs. We were able to be approved for that, and the fingerprinting and the questions that they asked you. It is amazing just how much of our life is Compacted into what we carry, whether it be a passport or driver's license, credit cards, it's identification. It's who you are, it's who you identify yourself with. We come to this passage and we have what I believe is an identification package. Now, Peter has done quite well early on in the the chapter here. In verses 16, he answers the question correctly when Jesus says, Who do men say that I am? And Peter responds in verse 16, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus calls Peter very blessed. Blessed. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Peter gets uh, an attaboy here. He gets blessed. But then as Peter does, he turns around and he loses it. And of course, it amazing how Satan can use Peter here. When Jesus told him that what his mission was. Verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are, not an, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone... Come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Someone has said this, that the early church's identification, it was a greater day for their church when Christians were led to the lions than when they bought season tickets and sat in the grandstand. The church's energy is often misdirected today and personal Mortification is not really a general experience in the Christian church. The doctrine of mortification is the doctrine of dying to self. Romans 8 and 13 tells us that if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. The author went on to say that the Christian church today is established on a very good relationship with the world. And the church often forgets that it is a mission from another world to this world. think about that for a minute. We're on mission to this world from another world. Vance Havner has said... As long as the church wore scars, they made much headway. But when they began to wear medals, the cause languished. Martin Luther has said, the cross alone is our theology. The cross alone is our theology. We all know through the study of Scripture and what we have been taught about the cross that to carry a cross was to face the most painful and humiliating means of death human beings could develop. We know that it is an instrument of torture and brutality. I often think of the jewelry that is now sold. We have cross necklaces, golden crosses, cross earrings, and... There's quite a market for that. I wonder what the market would be like if we sold wooden crosses with drops of blood upon them. Let me see your identification. Is that not what Jesus is asking us tonight as his children? Do you identify with me? Are you identified with me? what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, first of all, we are identified with Jesus by our desire to follow after Jesus. You're identified with Christ by the desire you have to follow after Christ. Now, notice here it says, In verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires. Now on the surface, that looks like a suggestion. If you want to, if you wish to, but that's not what he is saying and that's not what he means. This word desire is far deeper and far greater than wishful thinking. It is a determined and constant exercise of our wills, of our wills. In fact, this word is used in secular Greek in this, red, uh, this way. It, is, it speaks of a readiness, an inclination It speaks of one who is ready for an event and he's ready to undertake a course of action. Those of us that are identified with Jesus have a desire to follow after Jesus. Someone has said that Christ does not pull his sheep by a rope for his service but there are none but volunteers. That Christ will not force, he will not coerce. Everyone who serves the Lord as a Christian soldier is a volunteer. But all who serve willingly are those who have been made willing by the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about volunteers who volunteer on their own to join the army of the Lord. In fact, our wills will always be negative until the Holy Spirit brings about the new birth to change our wills. Amen? There are no unwilling soldiers, but all the willing soldiers are those who have been willing by the Holy Spirit, not coerced, not compelled, not dragged into service. When we talk of irresistible grace Those opponents say, well, God doesn't put a rope on a person's foot and drags them into the kingdom. You know what the Lord does? He brings about the rebirth and he changes their will and their will desires to follow after Christ because they've been born again. Again, if a man desires, If one is truly converted, if one truly has been born again, if you truly are a follower of Jesus Christ, he or she will desire. You will want to follow Christ. You will want to identify with Christ. If you identify this evening as a believer, you'll want to do that because The Lord has changed your will through the power of the Spirit. As one old evangelist said, he changes your willer. He changes your willer. I love love what Augustine said. He said, oh Lord, command what you will and give what you command. Isn't that awesome? For those of you that... Would like to maybe do a little late night reading. I want to encourage you to download the treatise by Jonathan Edwards on the freedom of the will. I assure you, after reading Freedom of the Will, you will understand the plight of the human will that it is in bondage, it is in bondage to sin. The will desires to sin until the Spirit of God brings about the rebirth and changes the willer. If we are identified with Christ this evening, he changes that desire to where you want to pick up that cross. You want to deny yourself and you want to follow him. We're identified with Jesus because that desire is so implanted in us through the Holy Spirit, it's changed our lives. Let me see your identification. Is that you this evening? Now, we all know we go through the valleys of discouragement as a believer. We're not always on the mountaintop, but the underlying foundation of Where we are in Christ is that desire to be like Jesus, to be like him, to identify with him. Secondly, we're identified with Jesus by denying the authority of our life. Denying one's authority over one's life to follow after Jesus. I am no longer in charge. Death to my self will. Die. Go die. Go die. I remember the year two thousand so very well. Do you remember it was Y2K? How many of you remember that? I have to remember that when I'm talking to younger people that have been born after that, I say Y2K and they look at me really funny. Well, I'm old. I have to explain that. Planes are going to fall out of the air. The bank accounts are going to, you know, everything was going to happen. But two thousand. The year 2000 was a very, 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 very bad year for me as a pastor. I've been pastoring for several years. Many of you know my story where my first wife got cancer. It was during that time when we were having all these medical issues and the insurance was not taking care of the bills. I was pastoring full-time. Bills were piling up. The church could not take on more debt. And so a very dear friend of mine who was our youth pastor said, Pastor Kelly, you need to go drive a school bus. I said, what? He said, I can get you on driving a school bus. They have incredible insurance. They'll take all of your previous medical issues. It is the best insurance you could ever have. But you have to drive a school bus. What? I am a pastor. Pastors don't drive school buses. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, I got the job. Met with the deacons at the church. They understood and they said, we're going to let you drive the bus and you can still pastor full time. Get up at 4.30 in the morning, be at the bus lot, drive those precious children. Get off, go to the office, do the pastoral thing, be back at 1 in the afternoon, drive the afternoon route, go make the uh, hospital visits in the evening. I'll tell you what, that first week, you would not want to have been around this man. <laughs> and I was having a pity party. God, I'm a pastor. Why am I happy to do this? And I began to complain and become bitter and angry, not understanding what God was doing in my life. And I have to do this for the next 15 years so I can have insurance? Well, my youth pastor, who was also driving, and I was complaining to him, and this means so much to me, I never have forgotten this. So instead of giving me a spiritual Kleenex, he says to me, why don't you just go die? I I said, what? Why don't you just go die? What are you saying? He said, you haven't died. I never have forgotten that. Now, we know that God has gifted those to give mercy. Amen? We know there are people who are dying of cancer, who have been sick, who've lost loved ones. And we show them mercy because God has gifted us to show mercy. But there are times in our lives when the self wants to rule And I had to die. I had to die again. I had to surrender to God. I had to say, God, you know what you're doing. I don't understand this. And you know, for the next years, God broke me and humbled me. We were able to reach children, invite their families to church. And do you know, that when my wife passed away from cancer, my first wife, every one of the cancer bills was paid. But I had to die. You see, we are identified with Jesus by dying to ourselves. We're identifying with Jesus When we identify with him, he denied self. He denied himself to fulfill the Father's wish and will and desire and glory to go to the cross to be humiliated. At any time, Christ could have exercised his authority and wiped out all of the Jews and wiped out all of the Romans. At any time, he could have came into that triumphal entry of that day and set himself up upon a human throne, but he did not. He fulfilled the desire of the Father to go to the cross, the instrument of torture that we might identify that we must die to our self-will. Listen, folks, our wills don't want to die. Everyone in here has a will. And we all battle that daily. But we are identified with Jesus by denying the authority of our life. We are no longer in charge, but it is him. Let us deny. This is a verb here that's used in a way that is not suggestive of maybe or might, but it is a definite obligation. It is a decisive decision. It is a necessity. It is a command, and it is saying, just do it. Die. Deny yourself. You say, well, I can't do that, and you're exactly right. Only that person who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Walking in the Spirit can die in this way. One commentator says, to deny means to forget oneself, to lose sight of oneself and one's own interest. I'm on the way here this evening. I'm by the publics. There is a red light. I'm stopped at the red light. There is a turning lane. Right there. If you're in that turning lane, you go right and you go into Publix. You're not to go straight. You're to turn right. And sure enough, this black pickup, he may be here tonight. I better watch out. (laughs) Pulls up right next to me. I know what he's going to do. I know how you men are. Maybe some of you ladies. I'm not letting him get around me. And I'm here preaching about death to the will. (laughs) Well, I wasn't dying there. So he speeds on around. Inside, I'm kind of roiling, you know, like, how dare he do that? God says, go die. (laughs) Does it really matter if he got ahead of you? What's the, yeah, isn't it amazing how each and every detail sometimes of our life will just reveal how absolutely selfish we are. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2, realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful and holy. Deny, he says, in verse 24, if anyone desires to come after me, oh, do you desire to come after Jesus? I hope you do. I pray you do. I hope that you're a believer in Christ and you so desire, you want to pursue him. You want to pursue him with all that you have in your life, in whatever you do, in your work. He says, Deny, deny, say no. We deny self when we surrender ourselves to Christ and we determine to obey his will. This dying daily to self as we take up the cross and follow him, Galatians 2.20, we have memorized this, we know this. I have been crucified with Christ. We remember that part. But it is I no longer, it is I no longer live. We're not living. It is Christ living. Our will has died. We are now living Christ's will in our life. It's almost like a paradox, isn't it? We lose ourselves, but from the divine perspective, we find ourselves and we find life. If you look at this word for just a moment, it says deny himself or deny. In Hebrews 11 verse 24, it is the same word that is used of Moses. Isn't that interesting? That Moses denied or refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Isn't that interesting? He denied what he could have had for self he denied he denied he denied his self will to be called pharaoh's daughter and all of what the egyptian accolades could be deny so when we desire when we say we deny ourselves we're de, we're saying we're saying no to our self will Not only when we deny ourselves, we're not simply denying the things in self, but self-will itself, self-seeking. Have you ever noticed how self-seeking we all can become? If we're not recognized maybe in a room, no one speaks to us. If we're in a situation where someone hasn't given us the the, the proper introduction or they've, they've not talked to us in a certain way, we become easily offended. We live in a culture that seeks self. We get our feelings hurt if our self is not recognized. In the book, 12 Faithful Men... Portraits of Courageous Endurance in Pastoral Ministry, the author says this, and I quote, The parasite of self-glory is so endemic to fallen humanity that it drains the lifeblood and ultimately buries the authentic gospel ministry. Let me repeat that. The parasite of self-glory is so endemic to fallen human nature or human beings, it drains the lifeblood and ultimately buries authentic gospel ministry. Self-glory builds self-kingdoms, but it also brings opposition from God. Verse Peter 5, 5 tells us that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. John 8 and verse 50, the Lord Jesus says, I seek not my own glory. Can we say that about ourselves? Self-denial, as Jesus is teaching here, is denying one's authority over his or hers life. Deny. When you identify with Christ... You have a desire to pursue and to follow him and to come after him. When you identify with Christ, you're willing to deny self and self-will. And then you take up his cross or a cross. And notice in verse 24 here, there have been some discussions about, well, whose cross is it? Is it his cross or is, is it your cross? Well, I'm glad you asked that take up his cross. It's not referring to Christ's cross. There's only one cross that Christ could carry. Amen? And that is the cross of atonement in which he died for our sins. No human being can carry that cross. One has already carried that cross. And he went to the cross. That very cross. The instrument the picture of brutality and torture and the violence of sin and he bore our sin upon that tree. No, this cross is the cross that you carry when you identify with him. You're identifying with him. You pick it up. You're identifying with Christ, this cross. You're identifying this instrument of self-denial. You're identifying this instrument of reproach. You're identifying with this instrument of death to your self-will. Someone has said that cross-bearing or the cross-bearing life is simply spread out surrender. I love that. That a cross-bearing life is Simply spread out surrender. Let me see your identification. You're identifying with him in what he has done. John 19, 17 and 18 says this, and he bearing his cross went out to a place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Hebrews 13, 13 says, therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp bearing his reproach. One author said, it's interesting that these possible statements are intertwined The commentaries believe that maybe the writer of Hebrews was thinking of John 19 because it says, let us go forth to him outside the camp. What does that mean? That means as Jesus went to Golgotha, where he was to be crucified, he was bearing his cross. But he also went outside the camp, the camp of Judaism, the camp of materialism, the camp of social justice, Let us go forth outside the camp bearing his reproach. So not only is there death to the will that is involved in your identification with with Christ, it is the reproach of following Jesus. The reproach. Yesterday morning, my wife and I were doing a quick walk on our beach. And as we were walking, there was this little lady who had a, a cane, And we, there was no one around us. She had a hat on and sunglasses. And she said, excuse me, excuse me. And I had no idea what she was going to say, what was going on. I didn't know if she needed help. Would you come here for a minute? So Gail and I walked over to her, and she had this, this walking stick, and So she started writing in the sand. She says, do you know John 3, 16? I went, wow, this is good. I said, yes, I do, ma'am. And I quoted to her. Next thing you know, she starts telling me about Jesus. And I was getting so excited. That's what she was doing. She was stopping people walking on the beach. She didn't care about the reproach. She didn't care. And we got through and I said, how old are you? Are you ready for this? She's 93. And I thought to myself, how many times have I stopped on my beach to share Christ? That's what she does. She didn't care what anybody thought. When you become a follower of Jesus, not only are you identifying with a death to your will, you're identifying with him in his reproach. With his reproach. Are you willing to experience the suffering caused by identifying yourself with Jesus Christ? The church today is trying so hard to identify with the world. We're trying to get the world to like us. So when we take up the cross, it means to take up the position of identification, identification with Jesus, to acknowledge that we really do not belong to the world. The church is not friends with the world. We witness to the world. We want to win the world. But are we trying to be attractive to the world? Would we dare put a sign up that says, all ye who enter here prepare to die? (laughs) Don't tell Bobby he's going to remove me from the first impressions team. Can you imagine visitors coming? Welcome to Riverbend. Are you prepared to die? <laughs> I'm afraid our visitors might go down. <laughs> but seriously, we ask ourselves tonight as believers are we willing to endure persecution? Are we willing to endure rejection? reproach, shame, suffering, and even martyrdom possibly for his sake, and we do it with joy? We do it with joy. Oh, I'm carrying the cross. No, I'm carrying the cross. I'm identifying with Christ. What a, what a joy it is to be with Christ. What a joy it is to follow him. What a joy it is to be in that relationship with him. What a joy. I was looking through referencing 1 Corinthians here and thinking through what the apostles went through. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, as Paul is writing about the things that are going on in his life. And he says in 1 Corinthians 4, he says this. We are, or 1 Corinthians four ten. we are fools for Christ's sake. You are wise in Christ. We are weak. You are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To this present hour, we are hungry and thirsty and poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. We labor, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We have become or we have been made as the filth of the world. Now, I want you to see this. The off-scouring of all things. These, this is the apostolic existence. It's nice, isn't it? We are are made as the filth of the world, the off-scouring. That's a very interesting word. My Greek professor in seminary did some research on this, and he says it's fish guts. It's awful. It's the, when you take a fish and you put it on the board and you you clean it. It's this, the off scouring. It's the, the guts. It's the, the garbage. It's the rubbish. It's an easy way to remember that. That's what we are. That's what Paul was. That's what, he's, that's what the apostles were to the world. Let me see your identification. It's striking that in these first two requirements, the Lord Jesus uses a tense of decisive action. Decisive action. If anyone desires decisive action, decisive action, let him come after me, decisive action, a determined action. And then he uses the present tense, go on, follow me daily. Follow me. Come after me. We are identified with Jesus in a personal relationship. Follow me. It is a present command. It is an imperative. It is impossible, but it is him possible through the spirit of God to follow him. So we close with asking these questions concerning your identification. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your closest friends? Are we willing to follow Jesus if it means alienation from our family? Are we willing to follow Jesus if it means we will lose our reputation? Are we willing to follow Jesus if it means we might lose our job? Are we willing to follow Jesus if it means losing our life? Over the years, as a pastor, God has given me grace and for all the mistakes that I've made. I'm so thankful for his grace and mercy in my life. But I remember years ago hearing pastors who would say, come to Jesus, he has a wonderful plan for your life. Come to Jesus, he has a wonderful purpose for your life. Well, we know that Jesus does give us purpose. We know that he does have a plan for our life. But we need the whole counsel of God. Come to Jesus and learn to die to yourself. Come to Jesus as you follow him and bear his reproach. I hear sometimes pastors say, let's do life. Let's do life together. We can't do violence to the scriptures, folks. Maybe we should be saying, let's learn to die to our self-will together. Let us follow Christ as we bear his reproach. Let us learn how to follow Christ together and die to our self-will It is when we come to die to self that we find that joy. Amen. This evening, if you have some time to Google, you can Google a church in London called Saint Sepulcher or the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It was very interesting because Steve Lawson did a podcast recently on this gentleman that I'm about to mention his name, John Rogers. In fact, Steve Lawson has a picture of John Rogers in the front of his Bible. But I did not even know who John Rogers was. So as we were touring London, Last week or week ago, we went by a church here in London called St. Sepulchre or called the Holy Sepulchre. And there is, in granite, is John Rogers' name, Vicar. I thought, okay, that's, that's nice. The church was beautiful. And then we walked several blocks down to an area and my attention was caught was to this wall that had bars over these names and it has john rogers john bradford and others who followed christ 1555 1556 1557 we're here at this spot, burnt at the stake. I went, whoa. This, this is, I, I just just saw this name here. So he goes from being the vicar of this church to several blocks away, and he is burnt at the stake here. What happened? What happened? Fascinating story about John Rogers. Born 1500. Died 4th of February 1555 at the stake. He was an English clergyman. He was a Bible translator and commentator. He guided the development of Matthew's Bible in the vernacular English English during the reign of King Henry VIII. VIII. He was also the first English Protestant executed as a heretic under Mary of England, who she was determined to restore Roman Catholicism. John Fox records this about John Rogers' death. Now, when the time came that he being delivered to the sheriffs should be brought out of Newgate to Smithfield. Smithfield is where we were, that, where they had burnt him at the stake. He was in Newgate prison, horrible prison, full of criminals and dark, and it was just a terrible prison. And one of the sheriffs came to him and was imploring him that if he would recant of his evil opinion of the sacraments of the altar, Mr. Rogers answered and said, that which I have preached, I will seal with my blood. Then the sheriff responded, thou art a heretic. Rogers says, that will be known. The sheriff says, I will never pray for you. And Rogers says, I will pray for you. Monday the 4th as the sheriffs led him towards Smithfield and that place where he would be consumed by the fire, Rogers was confessing the 51st Psalm and singing it on his way to his death. His wife and 10 children joined him and there's a newborn. And they followed him to the area where he would finally be burnt at the stake. And in the presence of the comptroller of the queen's household, Sir Richard Southwell, both of the sheriffs, and a number of the people, the fire was put under him. And when it had taken both hold of his legs and shoulders, he said, I feel no smart, as he washed his hands and lifted his hands to heaven. If you go online and do some research, you will read what he wrote to his children. It's rather lengthy, and I will save the time from reading it. He died. For Jesus Christ. He died for the scriptures and the truth. So let me see your identification. Will you surrender to his will? Death to your self-will. Will you surrender to his word? Which follow him in obedience. And when do you, will you surrender to his way as we walk and follow him? May God give us strength to die, to suffer reproach, and to walk joyfully in Christ. Amen. Would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father. I thank you for the men who've gone before us and those women who were martyred as well, who did not recant their faith. I thank you Father for men like John Rogers who left a family of 11 behind, looking out watching his wife and children but holding to the truths of Christ. Thank you for the men who have gone before us, Father, who have stood the test of faith, who were the off-scouring. I pray for Riverbend this evening that as we identify with Christ and we identify with his death, And we identify with his reproach. That, Father, you would use Riverbend in a mighty way to bring souls to Christ. I thank you for Pastor Scott. For a man who is truly preaching the word of God. I thank you for the elders that are here. Every single one of them rightly handling the word of truth. None of them do violence to the scripture. I thank you, Father, that you have blessed River Bend with godly leadership and those who are sold out to you. And, Father, I pray for us this evening that as we leave this place that when someone asks us, let me see your identification. We can with joy and without shame. Say, I am a follower of the one who went to the cross. And I want to tell you about Jesus who died for your sin and paid the way for you to have salvation if you will repent and turn from your sin. Come, die with me. Thank you, Father. Father. For Riverbend and for what it means to Gail and I. And I pray you would bless Riverbend in Jesus' name. Amen.